you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's Joel Lulovich here. And Lucy Dickens. Thanks for tuning in again. We're talking today about ideal days, except that Joe came up with a much more fun title for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I was just making a play on a book. That's really where it came from, this whole idea of the miracle morning, which to me sounds totally like a miracle, one that doesn't actually happen. That's the whole point of a miracle, right? (laughs) Absolutely. We have spoken about ideal days before back a while ago, a few episodes ago, and it's actually one of our most downloaded episodes. So it's obviously something that people are thinking about. Now I got thinking about this again at a conference I was at recently. I was listening to a speaker, Tony Wilson, who was talking about peak performance. And here's some of the things that he said. The first was that we have three categories of things in our lives that we need to organize time for and prioritize. And those are work, home and relationships and self. And one of the things that Tony said that really stuck with me is that if we don't know what a great day looks like, we don't know how we can relive it. So he was talking about the need to make decisions about how we spend our time in each of those three categories and saying that the clearer we are on what we wanted to do and how to allocate our time between those things, the better outcomes we would get. This always comes back to what we always say, which is that you've got to find your joy and you've got to know your values in life. Because as soon as you know those values and you know what's important to you, then you can allocate your time accordingly. And it's ridiculous. Like just this morning, I was speaking of work and not allocating time appropriately. I had three things on my list that I wanted to achieve today. And what did I do? The same thing that I often do, which is go into the email inbox, Mm -hmm. which is where I needed to go for the first task anyway, because I knew I had some information in there that I needed to get. But rather than going straight to that task and that information, I was like, oh, there's too many emails in my inbox. I'll just do a bit of clearing up in that. And then, of course, that led to this and led to that and led to this. And the next thing, the whole morning is gone, which I had relatively child-free, and I didn't use it to do the most important things on the list. So then the afternoon rolls around and the kids are wanting more of me and I'm like, oh, I've just got to finish this work that I should have done earlier today. Mm. Or by then you're fed up and you think, oh, well, it's not going to happen anyway, so I won't bother. So lesson learned. Again, pity I'm always repeating this lesson. (laughs) (laughs) And that's one of Tony's points that uh, in the presentation that he gave, which is about if we make the decisions about what we do, if we're clear about what we want to do, we're going to choose the most important thing, not just the next thing on the list, which, you know, like the emails or the thing that's distracting us, the shiny object thing. Those emails weren't very shiny, but they were distracting. (laughs) And they're easy. It feels like you're getting stuff done because you're deleting and, you know, tidying out the inbox. But yes, 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 we can't, we can't do it all the time. Yeah. It's a, it's an old trick, isn't it? (laughs) So let's start at the beginning of the day and talk about mornings. Tell me about miracle mornings. So a little while ago, I feel a bit bad talking about this actually because I still haven't read the book, but I came across a book (laughs) called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And I know a fair bit about it because of the fact that I've listened to him on multiple different podcasts where he's talking about the miracle morning and what's in his book and the six steps that he has to create your miracle morning. And it's even referred to as the six minute miracle morning. So I'm not really sure how you can really do it in six minutes, but anyway, the six steps that he talks about 
and he has a nice little acronym, which we both love. It's the SAVERS acronym. So the first thing is silence, then affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And I think he just needed another S word because J for journaling didn't really kind of fit, but (laughs) that's what he means by scribing. So he recommends that you need to do these six things in the morning in order to set yourself up for the best day that you could possibly have. How many of these do you do? Uh, well, I have three kids, so <laughs> silence is pretty much out. <laughs> Affirmations, I can do it, I can do it. Maybe there's a little bit of that going on when the mornings are getting a bit difficult. Visualising my kids miraculously appearing before me dressed in their school uniforms with their bags packed, yeah, maybe there's a bit of that going on. Exercise might just be getting out of bed. Um, I love your interpretation. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely no scribing going on unless I'm writing a shopping list. And as for reading, uh, that is probably the only one I might actually do. And it may be that it's not the kind of reading that he recommends, though. Is it Facebook feed or something? It might be. It's either Facebook feed or it may be that I am reading a novel or Mm -hmm. some book that I'm really quite into and I'll usually open it and read a bit of it over breakfast. Good on you. I like your creativity there, fitting in the six minute. <laughs> you did well. I sometimes do exercise, but I don't really think of it as a, I mean, it's technically I would do it in the morning, but I don't think of it in the morning. Our mornings start at five, six o'clock. And I will sometimes go for a walk if I do it in the morning, especially now because it's starting to get hot. I'll go at half seven, eight, but I don't think of that as being morning anymore because we kind of done with the morning routine, but I guess it, I guess it, it still is morning. And I try and drink my coffee in silence, not silence in the sense that there's no noise going on mm. because there's always noise, but I try and just sit and drink my coffee and don't do anything else. So I don't sit on my phone and I... A bit of contemplating time. Yeah. I try and just be, or just watch the kids play and not play with them, you know, just kind of sit there and do my thing. But that doesn't always happen. Like you say, we have children. Miracle mornings are few and far between. Yeah. I just think, you know, I might be cutting in here if you've got more to say about this idea of the six-minute miracle morning, but the thing that bothers me so much about this idea of miracle mornings, and I've heard it said by a few other people before, is that none of them are designed for women like us. None of them are designed for women who have got kids, who are managing careers at the same time, who don't just have to look after themselves in the morning. You know, we've got so many other things to get done. You don't have time unless you, of course, want to get up like an hour before anyone in the household wakes up. And when you have little, little kids, that's just not realistic because you've got to get every bit of sleep you can get. And you never know when one of your kids is going to ruin your night's sleep the night before. And then again, you're better off, I think, to catch up on the sleep than to to do the routine. Or you try. I try with 5am club often. And I usually end up having one of the two children join me because they sense that I'm awake and yeah. stuff that they want to get up to. <laughs> oh, I try. Look, I think that the message that I'd like to get across here is that everyone's miracle morning is going to be different. And it gets back to what you said before. It's what is going to be important to you. Figure it out and then try to replicate it every day to the best of your ability. You know, so for me at the moment, my youngest child is five and I really love it when he comes into bed with me for in the morning when he wakes up for his cuddle. So I will actually lay in bed a little bit longer 
if he's not in and wait because it's a special time of the day. He comes in, he's just a bit snuggly and he, he just says some really cool things sometimes. Like yesterday he was talking about how he's almost as big as me. And I said, oh, oh, that's good. You know, are you going to look more like mummy or daddy when you get bigger? He's more like daddy because he's bigger. Oh, okay. And I said, oh, you might look like, you know, your granddad or one of your uncles. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to look like my uncle Steve. And I said, oh, why do you want to look like him? Is it his hair or is it something else? He says, no, no, because uncle Steve can put pegs up his nose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) Those things are related. They do. They come (laughs) out with such sweet things, don't they? Exactly. (laughs) They do. It's a great story. So, you know, I would miss all of those little moments if I got out of bed and was rushing through my miracle morning and making sure to get a bit of visualization or affirmations in. And if I didn't make the time for him. Yeah, but that's exactly your point. That is your miracle morning. That's one of the things that you lo- that you, is important to you that you enjoy during your morning. Yes. Mm. The other things, if I was going to say what my miracle morning would be, would be actually being able to read over breakfast every morning and have that leisurely breakfast, a leisurely shower Mm. without anyone interrupting or me having to go, wow, we have two minutes until we need to walk out the door. So I guess I better have the fastest shower ever. (laughs) And there not being any stress or yelling. And that to me almost seems completely unrealistic (laughs) in our lives at the moment, because it's really all about mostly getting kids off to school Mm. and making them sure that they're doing all the things that they need to do. And getting out the door. What about you? What's your miracle morning? Mornings, you, you'll hate me for this after just saying how hard it is to get all your kids out the door. Um, my mornings aren't too bad <laughs> at the moment, but it's probably the stage of life that we're at. We're not at school and I aim to leave at eight, but if I leave at five past or 10 past, it doesn't actually matter. So I have a bit more flexibility there. And in fact, we normally, Lily's trying to drag me out the door sooner because it's, can I go to grandma's now? Can I go to grandma's now? From about six o'clock. So oh, that's nice. poor grandma, I have to try and hold her off. But my miracle morning is just a slow morning. I really like to take time to kind of warm up to the day. So I get up early. I like getting up early. I like it when the kids play happily for a little while in the morning so I can sit and drink my coffee, like I said. And then we usually have a dance party, which I always enjoy because that, you know, like wakes everybody up and kind of get, what we do is we put the Moana soundtrack on when it's time to go and get ready for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice because it's really upbeat and I reckon I'd keep that in my miracle morning. I think that's really cool though because you've picked a piece of music that indicates to your whole family what it's time for. Yeah, time to get ready for the day. Yeah, it's a division, which is awesome. Even Harry likes it. He kicks his legs and he must be like, oh, it's time to get ready for the day now. (laughs) He knows what's going on. But yeah, my miracle morning is is just a slow morning, which we usually are able to achieve because we're up early and the earliest we need to be out really is eight o'clock. And that's only if I'm going to work. If I'm not working, we don't really need to be anywhere. So yeah, it's my miracle morning. That's nice. All right. So the next step of the day is afternoon. And that for me, of course, is mostly just after school. That's how I think about the afternoon. So there's my day kind of gets divided into four chunks. You know, there's the miracle morning (laughs) Uh Um, (laughs) during school, after school and evening. But we're just going to stick with the three. So we're just going to go with the morning, afternoon and evening for this purpose of this episode. Afternoons are for me for the afternoons when I'm at home, not at work, are the most challenging time of the day without 
a question of a doubt yeah. because if I've been at home and Jack's been at work, I struggle a lot with a whole day by myself with the children, with no yeah. other adults. I often speak to you. I'm like, I'm grumpy at this time. Yeah. <laughs> you call me. And after having a 20 minute chat or phone call or whatever it is, I'm like, I feel better now. And it's just that adult conversation or I don't know what it is, but I find afternoons really challenging. So for me, I don't know what the magic answer is, but it's trying to actually, I do. The magic answer is to get out of the house and get fresh air, go to a park yeah. or do something that kind of gives everybody a little bit of a pick me up. And by everybody, I really mean me yeah. because most other people are still all right. It's just me who's feeling a bit grumpy by now. I don't think you're the only one. This episode is brought to you by us, Managing the Juggle. We want to ensure more women feel like they're living the dream of a successful career and a fulfilling family life. If this message resonates with you, then get in touch to find out how we can be booked to speak at your next event or conference or in-house with your organisation. For more information, visit our website and go to the link www.thejuggle.com.au forward slash speak. I think that whole idea of being at home with kids all day on your own, it's been said before, you can feel loneliest when you're actually with people. And I feel that that loneliness is exacerbated when you're at home with kids Mm -hmm. because they need stuff of you and you're kind of with them and you're interacting with them. But what I find that I'm, I'll be having conversations like in my head around the things that I want to be doing or I could be doing so that, you know, you're distracted from it because if you don't distract yourself sometimes from what's going on with the kids, you can be a bit bored. Mm -hmm. So you've got that distraction going on, which makes you feel like you don't want to be where you are. That's exactly. And then you feel frustrated and lonely Whereas if you're home alone all day, you're just doing whatever you want to do. So you don't have to worry about that disconnect. Yeah. So it is difficult. And for me, after school time is when if I'm picking up the kids and I'm responsible for them from the time that they finish school, for me it's kind of like, oh, now I need to really rush and get any other work that I wanted to get done today out of the way. Because if I don't, as soon as they come home, I'll sort them out with some afternoon tea. And then I'm trying to say, oh, by the way, I'm going back to work, which always makes me feel guilty. (laughs) So my ideal afternoon, my amazing afternoon would be actually finishing work, either picking them up or meeting them at the bus stop, depending on what day it is. And not having to think about work after that and being able to actually sit with them and enjoy the afternoon tea, Mm. being able to, you know, play a game with them. Card games are a big thing at the moment. Talk about their day. Talk about their day and then also start dinner at a normal, reasonable time to be ready for evening crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is probably one of the big differences between school-aged children and preschool-aged children because I'm with the children all day from five o'clock or whenever we get up. Yes. And so for me, that three o'clock yep. after school time is like, okay, this is, you know, the day, especially if Jack's not home. I, you know, it's just, if it's just been me mm. and I'm not very good at going out and doing things. I'm just, I'm just not really very good at, we do things as a family, but not with other people. I'm just not very good at that. Whereas if I wasn't with them all day, then I'd get them at three o'clock, then it would be, yeah, okay, now it's playtime. So I think that's one of the big differences between the ages of the children in terms of what would an amazing afternoon look like. So maybe your amazing afternoon is making sure, as you said, that you do get out and perhaps it's with adults like your sister now that she's got a child. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And then we get to evening, which we call rush hour yes. in our house, which is the making dinner, 
cleaning up from eating it, cleaning up yeah. from dinner, bath, getting ready for bed, <laughs> all that kind of thing. We call that rush hour books. Yeah. Yes. Um, it often gets called witching hour. We never really use the expression witching hour. No. I'm trying to think what we did use and do use. I think we just kind of talk about it being crazy hour. It's just full on. It's just busy. And I think that that's why I really love that amazing afternoon idea of everything being a little bit slower and relaxed and spending time with kids. Because as soon as that evening bit switches over, it's all about the making dinner mm-hmm. and getting the baths done and all that sort of stuff. So you're back into getting them to do stuff mode as opposed to just being able to engage. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of it, at least in our house, just wait a minute, just wait a minute. You know, I'm just cooking dinner. I'm doing yeah. a minute, or I'm just cleaning the high chair, the bloody high chair. It's a pain to clean. I hate those things. <laughs> just cleaning the high chair. Just wait a minute. And it, it's just kind of always putting things off and off and off because you have to deal with and focus on whatever the thing is that's in front of you. Yeah. I've started now trying to, as a way to extend that amazing afternoon and as a way to avoid my kids from, you know, doing things they shouldn't or creating messes they shouldn't or fighting or fighting with each other. I thought you were just saying avoid my kids. That's oh, yeah. I was laughing. <laughs> no. Yes. I get them to help with the dinner prep. So, mm. you know, tonight it was peeling carrots and setting tables and those kinds of things. And asking them to do one, it's really important because they need to learn that stuff too. But otherwise it's just good that they're involved and not doing other things that aren't so helpful. Absolutely. So what does your excellent evening look like? Getting dinner started on time so that it's going to be on the table on time. So that means getting it started by at the latest five o'clock because ideally we are eating at six because in our house we do showers after dinner and I want there to be enough time after dinner for relaxed showers and still have time for books so that you know the ideal thing is by five o'clock we're starting to prepare dinner six o'clock we're eating dinner showers are done by 6 30 6 40 and then bed 7 7 30 depending on what's going on mm-hmm. and then it's time for me to either record a podcast <laughs> or um just relax and chat to my husband about what might be going on watch some great thing on TV or just read a book. They're the kinds of things that I tend to like doing in the evening. Yeah. And in there somewhere, you have a period where your whole family sit down together and read, don't you, before bedtime? Do you still do that? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's lovely. Yeah. So now my oldest, she's about to be 10 and she is pretty much just silent reading to herself. She'll usually do a bit of that reading and then she'll come over and listen to what we're reading to the younger two. And of course, the younger two are both needing to practice their reading as well. So we try to make sure and we understand that from reading perspective, you need to continue to read to your kids until they're about 10, at least, if not longer, and also listen to them practice their reading as well. And and we like that because, you know, you can, you can read a whole story to them rather than a bit of disjointed reading from your kids. <laughs> so it's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Well, ours probably looks quite similar. I wonder, do most people's excellent evenings look quite similar? Does everybody probably goes through the routine of the dinner, mm. getting ready for bed, bed bedtime thing? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really think that there's, a, there's much difference there. Although I will say that the actual bedtime bit, getting Lily and Harry to sleep, 
often takes me quite a while because I lie with Lily until she falls asleep. So depending on how tired she is and what time we end up there, that could be anywhere from five minutes up until about an hour. It's about an hour at the moment because she's just really, really chatty and doesn't want to stop talking. And she does a let's talk about or tell me about and then she chooses something. So tonight it was spiders. Tell me about spiders. And then we have to talk about everything we know about spiders or whatever the topic of the day is. And so she's very, very chatty at bedtime. Um, so it's taken quite a while. <laughs> we say. I do sometimes get frustrated, but I really try hard to tell myself that this phase of life is going to be gone before I know it. And she will never want to sit and chat and talk to me about spiders. And then after the children are in bed, it's usually work for me. Or sometimes, again, depending on the time, Jack and I just sit and talk. But I don't really do much reading and we don't really watch much TV. So there's often not much time left, though, because by the time the it's <laughs> 7.30, I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot left to give. No, maybe an no. hour or so. <laughs> no, especially with a newborn, effectively. Can we still call him that? <laughs> well, you know, he's still baby, baby. He's not one yet. I'll take it. He's still baby. No, he's not. I think the interesting thing about your excellent evening is the amount of time that you spend putting Lucy to bed. Um, sorry, putting yourself to bed. Yeah, I do the, spend the a amount lot of time putting myself to bed. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of time you spend Lily. putting Lily to bed. Yeah. Because when you have more than one who want to chat to you, it gets complicated. And so I have that problem. So at least I have two bedrooms between the three kids. So I'll usually put the youngest to sleep first. He wants yeah. dino stories. So we make up stories about a dinosaur called Dino and we tell a story. And then he'll usually want to have plenty of hugs and kisses and whatever else and he's off. And then I go into the girls' rooms. And there's just something about that quiet, peaceful time when you lay in bed that people want to talk. So obviously Lily feels the same way. So yeah. the girls might want to tell you something that they've had the opportunity to tell you all day, something about what's happened at school or something that they're feeling. or So you can't rush them through it. But on the other hand, you're kind of like, it's time for sleep now. Come on. Yeah. And it's like, I really want to go and do work or read your book or do whatever you want to be doing because it's your first moment of the day where you've had no child. But yes, yes, yeah. we try. Yeah. You're right. It will be, we'll deal with multiple chatty children when, when they can both <laughs> chat. <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's then. the point again, isn't it? The same point that we made at the beginning, which is that you have to work out what is your miracle morning, amazing afternoon and excellent evening for you. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is right now. And then it will be something else later on. And that's okay. And if you can't do any journaling and if you can't do any visualizations, if you can't do any exercise, that's cool. Just do what works for you. And if you need to know what works for you and you need to know what the ideal yeah. day is so that you can do it again. Otherwise you just end up going through the motions and checking the emails when you should be focusing on something else that's actually more important to you. Yes. It's just that because you haven't kind of gone through that in your mind to tell yourself that this is what I'm going to do, or this is how it should look. Yeah. You just get waylaid and distracted. And I think part of it is that you also need to try things because you can't really know what the ideal thing for you is if you haven't given it a go. So I keep thinking about journaling and it's something that I haven't done, but I really want to to work into having a try of because I actually think it would be quite good for me. 
I don't know if you remember, I'm pretty sure I spoke about it on the podcast. A friend bought me a gift that was 52 lists and it's effectively journaling, but it's just a different list each week. Yeah. And I got three week one and I didn't get any further. <laughs> so obviously didn't make it to my ideal morning. Maybe I should give the book to you and you can, you can see if you, you make it part of your ideal day. Oh dear. Anyway, speaking of ideal evenings, I'll tell you one thing that is an ideal evening for me, and that is that it's 20 past eight and we've recorded this whole podcast and I don't have a child in my hands. I normally have a baby in my arms who likes to be held while he sleeps and he has not woken and is not being held and is happily sleeping in bed and I've probably just jinxed it. But you know what? That's an excellent evening and I'll take it. It's a very excellent evening. And I think on that note, we should sign off. And hope that anyone listening is either having a miracle morning, amazing afternoon, or excellent evening, depending on when they're listening to this show. Absolutely. See you next week. Happy juggling.